Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and you are listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to Episode 65 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we begin a very enjoyable interview with Stacy J. Aswad from Must Do Disney. Almost as good as the interview itself is the fact that I have everything working properly on my new headset, so I think you'll notice a definite improvement on the audio quality. Back up to my standards. Now, you may also notice that this episode is a little shorter than usual. The total interview is actually almost an hour, which was right on the cusp of to split or not to split. I'm really trying to keep each episode to a manageable length, though, so I decided to go ahead and split it for you. Just think, now you have two weeks of Stacy to enjoy. And even though we talked for an hour, I still didn't get to about half of my questions. So if you do enjoy these episodes, let us know and we'll see what we can do about an encore. In this episode, Stacy talks about what it's like for her to be part of people's Walt Disney World vacations, how she got the top seven must-sees hosting job, unexpectedly staying on to become the host of Must Do Disney, whether she'd ever considered working for Disney or even thought it was a possibility, whether she works with the same crew every time or if they change, her approach and mindset to shooting the Must Do Disney segments, the most challenging part of filming, the most rewarding part of doing it, the importance of family to her, writing thrill rides, how much fun it is for her and writing multiple times, and if there was anything she had to shoot that did kind of freak her out. And we actually talk about considerably more than this, and we had fun doing it, but it's really hard to summarize here in the intro. Just listen and you'll see what I mean. At the end of this part of the interview, I've also got a little audio segment, maybe a couple of minutes or so, from Must Do Disney that I'll play for you. So if you like it, you can kind of relive it a little bit. If you're not familiar with what Must Do Disney is, you'll get a taste. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and begin this story. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, well, you know what I mean. Hey, it's me, Al. Listen, I'm hijacking the Just Because podcast to start a new series all about the wonderful world of voice acting. Each episode, I'll have a professional voice actor on and ask them some serious, hard-hitting questions to get to the bottom of this in a world. You know, world. If you've ever wanted to know about the inner workings of this magical and mystical business, tune into Just Because, inside the voiceover studio. Tune in at JustBecausePodcast.com and on iTunes. And now, 
this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. Sometimes there are people who, even if you've never met them, make a huge impression in your life. And today's guest is one of those people for me. Stacey J. Aswad is a voice actor and a TV, film, and theater actress. She's a Juilliard School dance graduate and co-host of the popular web series VO Buzz Weekly, a show featuring some of the most talented voice actors in the world. But if you're a Disney fan, especially one who's been to Walt Disney World, you probably know her from something else, too. Her website says it best. If you've been anywhere near a television screen at the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida since 2005, then you've been captivated by a vivacious and adorable woman telling you about the fabulous rides and attractions you're going to experience during your stay. The hyper-energetic, totally mesmerizing personality, known to her fans as the human exclamation point, is Stacy J. Aswad. She is the resort TV host of Walt Disney World's Top 7 Must-Sees, now Must-Do Disney, the TV show that loops 24-7 and is watched by millions and memorized by so many of them. Stacy, welcome to Stories of the Magic. Thank you. What a wonderful introduction. I was like, who, who is this person? When's she getting here? <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to talk to him, wow, right? I want to talk to her. <laughs> I have to tell you, before I actually ask any questions, that I've been really looking forward to this interview because my wife and I went to Walt Disney World for the first time for our 10th wedding anniversary back in 2010. Oh. Congratulations. Thank you. And I did, I like researched the attractions and the shows and the restaurants and everything, but I really didn't know anything about the Walt Disney World Resort TV. It just, I didn't even think about looking into it. Right. We got back there and of course we walk into the room and it's on and you're there <laughs> and I just loved it. And so every chance I got, I had it on. And the last day, I was really sad to leave. I didn't want to go home, and I wanted to do everything I could, just bring everything I possibly could with me that would give me the best memories <laughs> of the best time. And it didn't even cross my mind that YouTube was an option. Oh, I was going to say, because please don't tell me you stole the television. That's really tacky, Randy. <laughs> really tacky. Do not steal. I held myself back, but just barely. Your picture is <laughs> no. up at the resort going, do not let this man in. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, instead, what I did is while we were packing, I set up the video camera yeah. on the uh, coffee table, on the uh -huh. tripod, pointed it at the TV, and recorded the must-do Disney while we were packing up to go. So I would have that to bring home with me. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's, I'm always curious what people have put up on YouTube. And I love when I get a tweet or an email or a Facebook post from someone who's like, oh, thank God we found you on YouTube. Now my kids will behave and do their homework because they get to watch you. So it's very sweet. Um, I am forever still amazed and grateful at this opportunity. I mean, like you said, it's been going since 2005 and here we are in the middle of 2009 uh excuse me 2014 you know nine years in and it's it's wonderful I mean I it never gets old for me when I go back there or when I do a voiceover session from here in LA it just it never gets old for me it's always something that is and I think it's kind of a, a testament to the parks I mean they're always evolving there's always something new and even if you've been there many times, there's always something new to discover or to experience. And depending on where you are in your life and what's happening in your life, things land on you differently. So it's just, it's like this beautiful living thing that I, I just feel so honored to be a part of it and to be a part of people's lives in kind of a unique way. It's like, I'm there 
and I'm experiencing things with people that I don't know what I'm experiencing, but it's just, it's cool to know that, that I help people feel good and make them happy. Whatever little piece I bring to that, I, I feel very grateful to be a part of it. Absolutely. Uh, and since we're right there at the beginning of it, let me go ahead and ask, and I know this is a question that you always get, but it seems kind of like the best place to start anyway. Yes. How did you get that job? How did you get started working for Disney? Well, yes, I do get asked that. And I, uh, it's funny, every time I answer it, I don't know, something new, a little kernel of something comes out that I remember. But I was, at the time, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina. And like you said, I, I have a film and television and theater background uh, that started after my whole dance career was going on. And then I added that on because, you know, I just didn't have enough to do. So right. I was in Charlotte and I was dancing and teaching dance, but I also started doing film and television and theater. And I was driving to Atlanta because in that market, you many times would drive to Wilmington, North Carolina or Atlanta to literally do an audition and then drive back. So you'd literally drive anywhere from six to eight hours round trip to go say a line or a few lines and, and it just was sort of a normal occurrence. So I was going to Atlanta to read on this infomercial and the casting director said, there's something that's coming in tomorrow for Disney. And instead of making you come all the way back tomorrow, we'll just put you on tape for it. So as I've said before, I was, I was not as prepared as I am now. If you look in the trunk of my car now, I mean, you could live in my car and do everything from play golf, roller skate, have cheerleading pom-poms, and a prom dress. I mean, I've got everything in my trunk now. But at the time, <laughs> I did not know that I was going to need a bathing suit and, and all these other things. So anyway, they put me on tape for the Top 7 Must-Sees, which was the first campaign I did in 2005. And it was the copy for Summit Plummet. And everyone just shudders when you say those words. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I ended up getting a call back. And so I drove back to Atlanta a few days later and met the director. And it all happened pretty quickly because from what I was told after I booked the job, they had been doing a national casting and everything kind of got pushed and delayed. And so they needed to get this thing going. So it came down to me and a woman in L.A. And then they chose me. And I was literally, from the time I did my first audition, to standing in World Showcase at sunrise, it was just a couple weeks. And so I had about four days to learn the script for that show. And, you know, it was the first hosting job I had ever done. So I didn't really know exactly what to ex expect. I had a moment of, wow, what have I done? <laughs> you know, <'cause laughs> so much of what I do, it's like, it's like that pursuit of getting a job and you, you audition and you hone your skills and you're always ready for anything. And then you go through callbacks and all the different hoops you jump through and then you actually book it. And, and then it's like, Oh, can I actually do this? So it was a really exciting thing because it was my first time ever being at Walt Disney world. So that was really cool. And my first time as a, a TV host. So that started in 2005, and that show ran with updates and changes for four years. And then in 2009, I thought that my reign was ending, and they said, basically, okay, well, it's been great, and thank you so much, and we're going to go in a different direction, and we're going to move on with a new host. I'm like, okay, well, it was supposed to be for one year. I can't be upset because it lasted for four. Sure. And then shortly after that, they said, well, actually – 
would you stay on? Uh, and we're going to do a new campaign. And I said, of course, I'd love to. So that's when Must Do Disney was born. And we shot that in like January of 2009. And so since then, we've been doing updates. And as you can see, things have changed. And as things go, uh, whether I go to the park and do them, or if it's just something that I can do from a voiceover here, then I do that. And I phone patch in with the wonderful people in Florida. So that's kind of where we are now. And it's one of those things like I go when they want me to, and I don't really know what's around the corner. And that's kind of how my life is in general with my career. I mean, there's always something coming that you don't know is coming. And you just sort of, at least for me, I'm very comfortable with risk and with the unknown. You know, it never gets old because you don't, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. It's never boring. Yeah. Sometimes it's terrifying. And it's like, <laughs> wow, really? Uh, okay. And then other times it's just, you know, I mean, it, for the most part, it, you know, I made the choice to do this. So for the most part, I, I really try to stay in a place of, Hey, you know, this is what I chose to do and I can't be crazy about it because it's my choice. So if I don't want to do it, then I need to make a different choice, but I've always been a performer. And so it's just something that I can't not do. Yeah. It's not always easy. I will say that. Oh, I'm sure it's not. It's kind of your own version of Summit Plummet in daily life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. But I, you know, I wouldn't trade it. And I always just kind of have a, a cat-like life. I mean, I know I'm going to land on my feet. I know it's going to work out. I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to be doing it. And I just, I just believe, I just have faith that I'm going to be okay and, and I'm going to be taken care of and so, so far, there's a roof over my head and the cats are fed and life is good. And as long as the cats are fed, then everything else is True okay. True story. As long as their lifestyle that they've become accustomed to does not change, who cares what's happening with me? <laughs> That's right. I know ours feel the same way about us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Now, having been a performer pretty much all your life before this, had you ever auditioned for any other jobs for Disney? Did it ever cross your mind that you might want to or be able to work for Disney someday? No, I mean, I I have a big family and growing up, I mean, I, I was a dancer and I was, I would dance seven days a week and you could not pry me off the stage or out of the dance studio. So we did not go on big, long vacations and stuff between dancing and I was a competitive skater. I really, I really stayed in my different areas. And when I had vacations, I was either performing or competing. So you know, I, the whole Disney culture and the whole Disney mold, I didn't really I mean, I was aware of it, certainly, and I had friends that would go, but I never thought, like, what opportunity would I go? Because I, I knew I wasn't going to become Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or something. So I I loved the movies, of course, but it never really came onto my radar until until I started going after on-camera things. And now being out in L.A., I mean, I auditioned for Disney commercials and I've auditioned for some Disney movies of the week for Disney Channel and, and voiceover. Um, I auditioned for a lot of the animation shows and movies. So now it's very much in my daily life. But at the time, no, I didn't. And I'm not, you know, people ask like they will. Some people think I live in Cinderella Castle and I do not. <laughs> How lovely would it be? But I actually do not because they'll say, well, I was there and I didn't see you. So I'm not there all the time. And I'm actually not a cast member, but um, I do certainly get to go into areas that most people don't get to see. So it's kind of cool. I get this really neat view of things in the backstage area and, and out in the park. So 
It's very cool. Yeah. So you're a contract performer like the voiceover artists are. Yeah. I mean, I have my contract, but I'm not, I, I didn't do orientations or, you know, I'm not, I'm considered, I'm an independent contractor basically. Right. Yeah. I remember interviewing Bill Farmer. Mm-hmm. And told, you know, he's been the voice of Goofy for yes. 27 years, mm-hmm. but he doesn't actually work for Disney. And that's right. just so strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us don't. We just get hired for whatever is given to us and the, and it's just kind of a standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten any of those jobs you've auditioned for for Disney stuff that you can talk about? I've gotten really, really close. There's um, something that I'm not sure about yet. It's a really competitive thing. Um, you know, obviously now you have the whole celebrity component with voiceover. But yeah, I mean, there's and there's new I mean, there's so many great new shows coming out. So it's one of those things like for me, it's a marathon, not a race. And it's just a every day I audition multiple times a day, whether it's on camera or for voiceover. And I've gotten really good at just going, okay, I did it. And I move on and I try not to get too attached to, gosh, I really want this or, oh, I'd be so perfect for that because it just kind of puts you in a, in a weird headspace. So so not yet, but I believe that I will. I'm sure you will. I'm absolutely sure you will. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if they've done this because I haven't watched one of these in a while, but I know they have the vacation planning DVDs for, I know, which I, I think it's just a that. Disney Parks thing. <laughs> yeah. Not only would you be great for it, but it would provide some continuity so that people see you on the DVD. <laughs> then they get to Walt Disney World. They get in the room and they're like, oh, there's Stacy. And it feels kind of familiar. Yes. Randy, who, what congressman can we write to do this? Well, no, and then people are like, we want you at Olani, we want you on the cruise lines, and I should just be everywhere. So for those people that love me, it's amazing. For those people that find me highly annoying, they're going to be in hell. But you know what? <laughs> there we go. It'll be a magical place. But um, that's right. No, I would love it. I mean, I I love I love working for Disney. I love the teams that I get to work with. Just so talented and generous and. They just take such great care of me, and they're so just – it's been such a beautiful experience. So I would love to continue into my ripe old age, hover around, scootering around Disney World. <laughs> Some of the must-dos might change a little bit, but yeah. that's okay. Some would become a little slower paced, but <laughs> they would still be fun. That's right. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the the crew that works with you. Because I've heard you say that even though you're the on-camera quote-unquote talent, yeah. that the whole crew is extremely talented. And they are the ones working with you that make this product, this TV show, a reality. Mm-hmm. I know that you worked with the crew at the beginning when you were shooting the uh, top seven must-sees. Mm-hmm. But as you go back and do additional footage... Do you end up with the same crew usually, or do a lot of them change out? How does that work? Some of them have stayed the same. Some of the producers have stayed the same. I've been working with the same writer for the last few years, but the, the original writer, Palma Nudis, is, is no longer there. But John McCall is wonderful, and you know, because some of this, the show is scripted and some of it is me ad-libbing. So it's really nice because having worked together and having kind of molded our brains together we he kind of knows my my voice and I kind of when I'm ad-libbing try to really get connected with him so that it's stuff that makes sense that it's not just coming out of total left field they're like what was that about so I try to really stay true to the theme of the show and and the family centricness of it 
and just try to make sure that everything makes make the editor's job easy so that they're not getting footage they can't use. So sometimes the cameraman has stayed the same for the most part. But again, the directors have changed. I've worked with a, a few um, wonderful different directors and and some of the the crew guys and the production assistants. I mean, those people have changed. Hair and makeup and wardrobe people have changed. But the cool thing is, is that everybody understands the end result and the goal. And we're all we're all on the same page and we all want the same thing and we all want it to be great. So it's really, really wonderful. I mean, everyone from the top of the team to the drivers to the craft service people who keep me fed and make sure because I'm vegetarian that there's plenty for me to eat and lots of water. And so everyone from all the different chains of the team are wonderful and they 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 just make me feel so loved and I I get put into a wonderful resort every time and I get moved around to different ones. So every time I go, I get to stay somewhere different. And, you know, now having been around for a while, I I've overlapped and, and stayed a few different places more than once, which is such a hardship, but <laughs> <laughs> for me, but it's I know. because, you know, I, I really, when I get there, I want to make sure that every single minute is, being well spent and that I'm not holding up the production. And so I know what I need to say and I give my 150% and, you know, I'll do it 50, I'll do 50 takes of whatever you want. I mean, I'll do it as many times as you need it, but I don't want to have to do 50 takes because I'm not on my game, you know? So it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's really fun, but it's really challenging. And a lot of times I really have to hit something in one take or two because the monorails coming behind me. And if, if I miss it, then we have to wait and then it throws everything off. So I really am grateful for my competitive skating experience because that was, you get one shot at it, the judges are watching and that's it. So I really kind of feel like I tap into that zone of, even though in the back of my mind, I know, yeah, yeah, you could do a second take. I always say to myself, I only get one take for everything. And so I just, in my mind, I just want to nail it time after time after time. And, and it's cool because there's no teleprompters or cue cards or ear prompter. It's just me memorizing or me ad-libbed. So I don't really have a safety net. It's like, it's either there or it's crap. <laughs> right. so we try to go for the former, not the latter. Yeah. I, that, that seems like a good pro approach to production all the way around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause you know, it's expensive and every single minute, and this is not a, this is not a two person crew. I mean, there is, there are trucks and trailers and this is not, um, a small endeavor by any means. So everyone there has a really specific job and a purpose. And so my goal is always to wrap us early because it saves money and time. And, you know, so the minute I get there, I am in the mode, I am in the zone and I don't go running around and people go, Oh, do you go to the parks? And I really kind of have a, um, I mean, I'm fortunate in that when I'm, you know, quote working, I'm in Walt Disney world. So it's not like I'm sitting behind a desk in a computer screen, but I still am on the clock. I, I have a job to do and a performance to, to deliver. So I really like to make sure that I'm rested and well hydrated so that I don't have any deviation between what you see that maybe I shot three years ago or six years ago that you don't really know that you don't see the difference of, wow, what happened to her? So I like to try to keep that consistency, which I think maybe is part of why I'm still here is that you kind of have a consistent 
level from 2005 to today. I, I mean, at least I'd like to hope, and that's kind of the feedback I've been getting is that you can't really tell. Yeah, I can't. I haven't been able to tell in the times I've seen it, for sure. Yeah, it's like Jedi mind tricking. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Yes, look into the TV. It <laughs> explains so much. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool, you know. It's not like I'm growing, I'm not getting any taller, so everything still fits me. And that that's good. They haven't had to spend a lot of budget on clothes unless they want to change the wardrobe. So some of these clothes I've been wearing for a while, my Magic Kingdom outfit. I have been wearing for a while, and it still fits. That's great. And it's holding up. I think they're from The Gap, so it's like, go Gap. I think Gap, Banana Republic, so good quality goods there. Yeah. Yeah. No way to go. <laughs> uh, so is that the most challenging part of filming this, to trying to make sure you hit it in one take? I think, for me, the challenging part is when I get there, I'm kind of like everybody else. I turn the TV on and I watch myself and I kind of get reconnected. I mean, very much of what you see on TV is who I am. I mean, I'm not necessarily playing a role. And if you met me in person, you go, wow, I don't even recognize her. I mean, I'm a generally energetic, upbeat, positive person. So I'm really the Stacy you see. I might scream a little bit less in my daily life, but some days, no. Um, <laughs> but I, I try to really tap into the place and the purpose of the show and, and what my, my goal is there. And then, you know, the challenging part now is that when we're filming in the parks, sometimes we're filming when the park is open and sometimes most of the time we're, we're there uh, when the park is open. And then sometimes we're there before, but people stand around and people are watching. And so I love it because while we're filming the performance, it's also for me like a live performance because people are watching and then I'm seeing people filming me being filmed. And so it kind of feeds both of the things I love to do, which is live performing and and televised performing because I want to do a good job and I want people when they see me live, they go, oh yeah, okay. Because really what you see on TV, they don't edit it. I mean, they might cut it together, obviously, and put all the effects in and the music. But I mean, most of what, especially when I'm doing those long dialogue passages about tickets or mobile app, I mean, that's one long take. There's only a single camera, so they're not cutting away and picking up shots. Like if I blow it, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, and if they want to try something new or try something different, or hey, let's change this word or let's have you come from camera left instead of camera right we go all the way back to the beginning of that segment and do it so for me the big thing is to make sure that I am taking care of myself the challenge I think would I would say would be just that my stamina from day one that I'm there if I'm there for one day three days a week that you don't see the difference of oh gosh she's been here filming for three days and she can barely get through it I, I really try to make sure that I keep my same energy level and my same performance level because you'll see it. And I mean, the camera is right in my face. I mean, you, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> there's nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've done other things that are multi-camera things where if you make a mistake, they can edit it. You pick up, you do a wide shot, a master shot, a two shot, whatever, but there's nowhere to hide. It's either working or it's not. So hopefully I'm doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it seems like it. It definitely does. What's the most rewarding part of doing it? The actual filming or just the project in general? Either one or both. However you want to do it. Well, I, 
I mean, the big thing for me, and especially now with social media, I have a lot more interaction with the people that really uh, support and appreciate what I do. And it just really means the world to me to know that people of all ages are really connecting to it and that being at Walt Disney World 99.9% of the time represents happy times in people's lives, families having reunions or bands having field trips or whatever it is, weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, that I'm connected with happiness and I'm connected with wonderful memories that people will treasure. So that is probably the most thing that I really, really love. And I love when people say, oh, I feel like I'm home as soon as I see your face on TV. And that really makes me feel great. And when I get recognized, even out of context, and people say, oh my gosh, we just got back and it was such a highlight and you really helped us get excited or made us feel courageous to go do that attraction. I just, I love that because there's so much craziness going on in the world. And I love that I'm connected to something that's bringing lightness and happiness and comedy to people's lives and not drama. You're helping people to experience life the way it was meant to be experienced, yeah. not with the challenges and the pain and the struggle and everything, but with togetherness and family and yeah. celebration and all of these things. Yeah. I mean, my family means everything to me and, and what I call my chosen family. You know, my family's all on the East Coast. And so I'm out here. I'm out here by myself. No, I'm out here with what I call my chosen family. And so many of us are. And so it's just, it's really important for me to stay connected to my family. I talk to my parents every day and my sisters. And so that's really just essential for me because I would not be who I am and where I am without their love and support. And my friends that I choose as my family out here, I mean, we really rally around each other and some of them are in the industry and some aren't. And we just really support each other and show up for each other in the good times and the not so good times. And so I certainly love being a part of that, you know, being a part of Disney and Walt Disney World and just that magical experience. Being a, just even a, a shred of a piece of that is fantastic. And that's something that I really, really, really treasure. Sure. It's so important. And so I'm glad that you're a part of it personally. Thanks. Now, I know I've heard that you love roller coasters. So when you've mm -hmm. had to do things like Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and Expedition Everest and all of this, that you just get a huge kick out of doing I that. love it. I love it. I love when maybe a camera angle is wrong or they want to try. I'm like, yes, let's try. It. Yes, <laughs> I think we should try it. Let's do that. I mean, when I get to ride stuff two, three, four times, I am in total heaven. It is not. It is just fantastic. I mean, I, I did Expedition Everest. I think that was one where I I had done some VO from California, but then I can't. And I think I was there for like 36 hours, literally. And I did all the walk and talk leading up to it, and then I rode it four times, and I left. I mean, it was just like amazing. <laughs> so I do. I love going upside down and backwards and fast. And when I did the top seven musties. The first thing we shot attraction-wise was Mission Space, and they said, well, we don't want you to get sick. I'm like, trust me, you know, and I don't know if it's because of being a dancer and my inner ear. I'm not sure why or what it is, but I can go in all different directions at all different altitudes, and I'm fine. But I said, listen, that's fine, you know, whatever. I'm a team player. If you want to shoot it or you want to, 
whatever you want to do. So it was great because they loved, it was just really nice. I think they appreciated that I, and still to this day, that I'll ride whatever, I'll do it as many times as you want. I'm not, I don't get sick. I don't have to take Dramamine or, or whatever, because it would be um, challenging if I wasn't willing to, or I had a limited amount of tolerance for it. Was that part of what they asked in the interview was, would you do these things or did it just kind of happen? And then you're like, well, I'm in the middle of it. Time to do it. Well, the funny thing is, is that in 2005, when I first booked it, they asked if I had any visible tattoos, but they did not ask me about riding rides, which I thought was really curious. When I got there, they said, oh, okay, you, you're okay riding stuff. And I said, sure, of course. But I thought that was kind of curious that they would ask me that after the fact. But no, they just asked me about the tattoos and I don't have any. So that was all they really cared about. Huh, interesting. Yeah. It seems a little late to ask I you know, that once I, you're on site. But Yeah, yeah. Was there anything that you've had to shoot for the top seven must-sees or must-do Disney, either one, that you were kind of freaked out to do at first? Well, let's see. The famous Summit Plummet... That for me was just a very odd experience because I remember climbing all the stairs and walking up there and going, okay. And then when I got there, I'm looking around and I'm like, really? So I just sit down, I cross my ankles on my arms and I just, I just, that's it. I just lay back. There's no strap. There's no bell. I'm like, really? And I'm looking at this this very nice cast member, you know, it's, it's very early in the morning and he's just looking at me like, Oh, please. I'm barely awake. But, <laughs> but I'm like, dude, seriously, that's all he goes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm like, <laughs> okay. At three times, three times. Mm -hmm. That was like the most intense five seconds times three. That's intense. Have you done it? I haven't. I actually haven't made it to the water park oh. yet. Well, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah. That's intense. That is a very intense experience. It looks intimidating. It, it really goes by so fast, but you literally are sitting there. And while you're sitting there, because of the steepness of it, you cannot see your feet. And you're thinking, okay, my feet were here when I got here. This is Must Do Disney, and we're going everywhere around Walt Disney World Resort to bring you the must-dos. So without further ado, let's do the must-do at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. Africa, Asia, dinosaurs alive and well. You name it, it lives here at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. monkey business going on around here. <laughs> Looks like my Uncle Phil. Have you seen any elephants? Hey, now I'm ready for safari. Ooh, we're four-wheeling now, baby. Oh, look at this little chunker bunker. Crocodile. Hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. I'm about to get my ride on. One I like to call the wash cycle and the other the skin cycle. Let's try. To do the must-do at Disney's Animal Kingdom, you gotta get on over to Asia. Where perched on the horizon is a mountainous beast called Expedition Everest. A high altitude, high speed training adventure. 
adventure for those who want to take on the treacherous terrain of the Forbidden Mountain and come face to face with the legendary Yeti. I'm not afraid of a roller coaster that goes backwards. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Stacy J. Aswad for being my guest, and to you for listening. Next time, we'll finish up our conversation as we talk more about making must-do Disney, working as a voice actor and voiceover artist, some great advice for you, and more. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, you're blogging, writing or performing music, painting, sculpting, whatever, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I also still want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter, an interaction, or an experience with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, or you've had any special Disney experience you want to share, or give a compliment or a thank you for anything Disney's done, I'd love to hear from you too. In any of those cases, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. If you love Stacy and seeing must-do Disney is one of your must-dos, call or email and tell her, same way. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Choose from titles like In the Shadow of the Matterhorn by past guest David Smith and my book, Faith in the Magic Kingdom, both narrated by talented narrator and voice actor and co-host of the Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland podcast, Al Kessel. Or you could choose Revolution, the 60s trilogy, book two, written by Deborah Wiles and narrated by Stacy. To download your free audiobook today, go to storiesofthemagic.com audible. Again, that's storiesofthemagic.com slash audible for your free audiobook. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. It's been a little while since I've gotten any reviews or ratings, and I'd really appreciate getting some of those in there. It helps people know why the show is something that you like, and helps them decide whether it's something they want to listen to or not. But I'm not asking for five-star reviews. If that's what you want to give us, that would be great, and I would really appreciate that. But please give your honest feedback in your rating or review, whatever it happens to be. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Just keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic, too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories. And this tale continues next time. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. 
If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.